You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Hey, everybody. Welcome to week two of The Process. The process is always greater than the product. Apply that to every fathom and facet of your life. You will always find success. I'm your host, Sean Barber, former linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs, former ambassador president here in the Kansas City community. I'm here to bring you, a, a, a man, just a, a lot of wealth and knowledge of information. We are blessed to have a teammate, former teammate, personal friend of mine, Billy Baber, former tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, to join the show. The rundown on the show real quick, we're going to spend about 10 minutes talking about the AFC-NFC playoff picture from last year. And what do we know about these teams now that the 53 roster is set? And how did that play into the playoff picture going into the 2023 season? In the second segment, we're going to break down some of the things around the league. Um, Chris Jones playoff. Um, uh, it's going to be around for the preseason, the postseason, the regular season, and, and all during the season. Or is his holdout really, um, is he going to hold true to that holdout? Um, Chris Jones uh, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Bosa. We have some primetime players um, on the on the verge of setting some record-breaking deals, and we want to see if those things come true. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Once again, my man, Billy Baber. We're going to look at the AFC playoff picture last season and think about are there any dark horses or any teams that we feel like are overrated after we talk about the AFC playoff picture. So, so the number one seed, obviously, in the AFC. Do we? I mean, is it chalk? Is it the Chiefs? Or is anybody even uh, come close to the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Uh, as long as fifteen is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they have to be the favorite. Um, they've done enough on that team defensively and offensively. Obviously, without Chris Jones, uh, that's a hit. Uh, we're talking about one of the best players in the National Football League. But besides for that. Um, as far as I know, 15 is still going to lace his cleats up on Sunday, so they still have a chance to be the number one seed for sure. All right, number one seed lot. We talk about the number two seed. Is it the Buffalo Bills or is it the Cincinnati Bengals or is it the, um, the, the Ravens? Is one of those teams coming out of the north? Uh, I like the Ravens. Uh, I love the fact I – think, I think Lamar Jackson's hungry, man. I think you know his last taste in the playoffs was not very good a couple years ago. He saw them get beat last year on a goal line play. Uh, I I think he's going to come back as his MVP caliber player, uh, and they've gave him a tremendous amount of weapons that he's never had before. So we know what he can do with his feet. He becomes a real issue when he has weapons to throw to, which he does. He's still got a great running game. Uh, the Ravens are going to be tough. That's the North and the West. So the number three seed, you have that coming out of the South or the East? So... The number three seed for me, man, I got to go with Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, obviously, you know, if we can keep Diggs happy over there, that's going to help them. But, you know, that that AFC East, man, when you're talking about the Jets, uh, you're talking about the Dolphins, um, that is a problem. And, you know, you got to play the, the hooded, sleeveless hooded, man. He going to bring a team every week to play, right? They're going to be good. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. And when he is the worst team in a division, uh, that's a problem too. So 
I'm giving it to the Buffalo Bills, but it could very easily be somebody else out of that. And as of right now, I think the Patriots only have one quarterback on their roster. I think they pretty much cut ties with every other quarterback. Um, so we'll see what the uh, the Death Star holds when you talk about Coach Belichick, what he does when it comes to offensive being the offensive guru with, with only one quarterback. I'm sure he'll have something planned before the regular season. So that leaves the AFC South, um, whether we're talking about the Tennessee Titans or we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think everybody thinks that the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts are both at least a year away from being competitive uh, with new coaches and everything. So between the Jaguars and the Titans, what do you think? I'm going with the Jaguars, obviously. I think I like the quarterback better. Uh, I like the head coach, Doug Peterson, where he has won a Super Bowl before. He can lead these men where they need to go. They obviously have great talent around uh, Lawrence, which is going to be beneficial. So they've added people. Uh, they got a great quarterback. I mean, you know, Peterson's willing to cut his own kid. So uh, when you're at Jacksonville, uh, you better be ready. And you spoke with some talent in Jacksonville, obviously Calvin Ridley, uh, Travis Etienne, um, uh, Christian Kirk, just to name a few, Zay Jones. Uh, they got weapons all over the field, and they have, that tight end position is pretty nice too. So uh, that's the first four seeds. And then to fill in the wild card, I mean, who do you got for the wild card? I mean, we got uh, – that leaves Cincinnati. It leaves the, Jet, the Jets. It leaves the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers. Uh, who do you got coming in with those last three seeds as far as the AFC wild card? I'm going, I'm going Cincinnati and the Jets. Um, I really like – I mean, I, I think what going to happen in New York is going to be special. I think you're seeing a different side of Aaron Rodgers. Um, maybe it's that tour he goes on every year where he goes dark. And, you know, I think it's kind of changed him as a player and a person where he's willing to go in there and lead these men. And I think, you know, with taking, you know, less money he's going to do, whether that's deferred or however that's going to happen, he's never done that before. Um I think, you know, the leadership he's going to give Zach Wilson is also going to help them down the road when Aaron Rodgers is gone. Um, they have a ton of weapons. I mean, we're talking about Wilson at Wide Out. We're talking about, you know, they got the dude who was hurt Reese last year, Brees who was coming back. We got Dalvin Cook. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers doing that, you know that they are going to be very good every week. Now, Cincinnati, they've lost nobody. They got – top wide receiver, maybe top two wide receiver. They've got obviously Joe Burrow where, you know, in Kansas City we don't like him a whole lot, but every week he comes to play, uh, and he's a warrior. Um, and that's the kind of team he has, and they rally around him. And uh, Joe Mixon's back. Um, they're going to run the ball heavy, and they're going to count on him to make a few plays down the line. And uh, Cincinnati defensively is very good as well. So I think those are the last two teams in the AFC. Well, Cincinnati having a, um, a young, upcoming uh, offensive signal caller. And each one of those teams, whether you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals or talking about the New York Jets, the thing that both of those teams have is an awesome defensive line to go along with those gunslingers, those uh, uh, Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks. With all those skill-level players, you still have to have an awesome, dominant defensive line. You talk about the Jets, I have them number seven in the league as far as their defensive line. Talk about the Bengals. I got them at number eight. So with the uh, that's six teams in the AFC. We both have sleeper teams to take that last wild card possession. Um, we talked before, and you said yours was the Steelers. I have the Browns. 
Uh, let's speak a little bit about why do we think both of those teams can be our sleepers when it comes to the seventh seed and the AFC. Uh, the Steelers, first and foremost, have one of the best coaches, I think, maybe in the history of football. I mean, Mike Tomlin has got to be there winning two Super Bowls. His win percentage is exceptional. I don't know if he's ever had a losing season. Um, now, with the questions at quarterback, can Kenny Pickett make that transition to be one of the top 10 to 15 guys? That's all they need because the weapons they have with Pickens and the weapons they have with Allen Robinson and, you know, the players prior move at tight end, they are really good. Um, you know Mike Tomlin's going to put a defense together. Listen, they got maybe the best player in the league on defense and why. So uh, the Steelers, to me, uh, they're not being talked about a whole lot because they're in the same uh, division as the uh, Ravens um, and the Bengals, but they are a formidable foe, I believe, down the road. Yeah, I think I, this year might be the one year it's going to struggle for the Pittsburgh Steelers to try to get back to 500. And only because I think it's up front. The defensive line, now the defense got a lot more healthier um, in the offseason. I think their offensive line might be the only spot that they missed in the offseason. I don't think they did enough to improve their offensive line. Um, and they got some weapons. You know, this, this Pickens kid is going to, uh, he's going to do some things that's going to wow you and is going to do some things that disappoint you. But he's an ultra-talented type guy. He's a, a, a one-in-generation type wide receiver. And obviously Najee's going to be Najee. If he's healthier this year, that's going to keep that offense moving those chains. Uh, Pat Fire, uh, Fire Mood. Um, man, again, they got enough weapons across the board with Dante Johnson to, to be potent. According to my stats, though, their offensive line is I have them as 18th in the league, and their defensive line I have them as, as 12th. The, the team that I have a little bit better at them is the, the, the Cleveland Browns. I think this is the year that uh, Sean Watson uh, clears all the rust out of the cobwebs, all the rust off of the machine. It's back to be working. Uh, classic Deshaun Watson. Um, him and Cooper are going to connect on so many different levels. And Joku, obviously just relying on that run game. Nick Chubb is going to be a beast. I have him as being one of the top three running backs this year. And according to my uh, estimate, estimation, the Browns have the number two offensive line, only behind the Eagles. And then defensively, I have him right behind the Bengals as number nine as far as their defensive line. So whenever you have two top 10 offensive defensive line and you get some sort of consistent play from the quarterback position with that other playmakers they have, I think it's one of those years where the Cleveland Browns uh, retake their claim as being a playoff team in the AFC. And that's going to be my sleeper to take the uh, seven seed. So now we're going to really quickly flip to the NFC. All right, we look at the NFC um, again. I think it's chalk. That means it's no-brainer who's the number one seed in the NFC or AFC. It's going to be a rematch of the Super Bowl of last year. Uh, we look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They've doubled down on the defensive line. They got a lot more Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it's the Georgia Bulldog of the Northeast coming up to Philadelphia uh, with two more draft picks, uh, Jalen Carter, uh, Nolan Smith. Both of those guys uh, went under, uh, under draft, and they were able to get stolen by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think that team is pretty much a lock with Jalen Hurts coming back for another campaign of being um, in the running for MVP as far as the offense. Um, that's got to be a guy that I think in a lot of fantasy leagues, guys going to steal uh, after Pat Mahomes, after Joe Barrow, after uh, Allen goes. Uh, I think in most fantasy leagues, he's going to be the number four uh, quarterback to get taken off the board. So let's skip to the number two position. In the NFC, 
after the uh, the Eagles, who do you have being the number two seed in the NFC? I still I still like the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think what Brock Purdy did on the last seven games of the season, uh, even against you know questionable defenses, the fact that he came off the bench and played at the level he did, uh, it just shows what Shanahan believes in this guy. So we're taking, we're getting rid of our number three pick from three years ago. Uh, we are now saying, look, this is your team, Purdy, and lead us. So we all know the weapons they got from Samuel to IU to the running game. I mean, defensively, we know what they're going to bring to the stadium every week. So if Purdy can play at the level he did, and again, we had a seven-game window that he played at a high level, um, they are a real issue. And can they – I mean, last year in that NFC uh, championship game, I, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, I don't know if we see the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, and But, hey, ifs and buts. But he got hurt, and the Philadelphia, the rest is history. They made it. But uh, the San Francisco 49ers are a formidable foe out of the NFC. Well, with that, really quick, we're going to go to break. We're going to pay some bills, and then we're going to come, come back and finish the NFC playoff pitcher seats three through seven. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. All right, now we're coming back. Hey, man, hey, this has been some, man, we dropping nuggets of knowledge, wisdom. Um, hey, man, this is the way we chop it up. Whether you're in the barbershop, you're sitting around playing cards, playing pool, you're out having some wings at a local spot, wherever you're at. If you have a chance to talk over playoff pitcher, NFL football, rosters, you got to you gotta find some, some, some balance to just not thinking that you know everything. The one thing, when we talk about the process being greater than product, a wise man once told me, if you ever find yourself being the smartest man in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. All right, with that, let's get to the number three seed in the NFC. Um, I think this is where everybody's boards get all jumbled up because after you get past the Eagles and the 49ers, you cannot tell me there is a next team in the NFC that can, can do anything for you. Um, when you come, when you talk about the two, the North Division, and then you talk about the South Division in the NFC, um, all eight of those teams you could put in a barrel, put in a, a bucket, put in a hat, and just draw names out, and you probably have a good chance of picking out um, who is going to be the three and four seed when you come to the playoff? Because you got to win the South, you got to win the North. So I'm going to go ahead and say the North is being won by the Green Bay Packers. Even though they lost Aaron Rodgers, I think Jordan Love has been sitting in that 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 that, that vice president's role, that that next man up role, learning from Aaron Rodgers all these years. And I think that they still have a very potent running game with um, AJ Dillon and with uh, Aaron Jones. I think their defense is still highly sorted out, led by a bunch of playmakers. So I don't think that team's going to take as big a fall as everybody thinks they're going to do without uh, being led by a future Hall of Famer. And I think if, Lord, if, if Jordan Love can just hand the ball off, hit targets, take deep shots, deep, deep shots when, when necessary, I think the Green Bay Packers wins double-digit games this year and captures the NFC North to take the number three seed. And then the number four seed, Again, this is the one we can debate a little bit about. Who is going to rise up out of the South? Man. I mean, you got Tampa Bay, you got the Saints, you got um, the Falcons, you got the um, and you got the Panthers. Um, all of those teams seem to be in offseason disarray for whatever reasons. Um, I think of all those teams, I'm looking back at 2022, and I think the Falcons was the team that were the most consistent when you talk about the end of the season. They found some type of um, – consistency they found some type of uh something that to hang their hats on um a running game and 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 even though their defense was man porous to say the least i think offensively uh, ritter can come back this year with with Bijan being a added addition through the draft and actually make uh the falcons a, a formidable foe for the nfc south is there a worst i mean think about the quarterbacks in this league and we're talking about Bryce Young, we're talking about Derek Carr, we're talking about Baker Mayfield. I mean, these are the guys that are starting in this division. Uh, Derek Carr, Saints. Derek, Derek Carr, he might be the best out of the group, and he's the he was the worst in the AFC West last year. So this is what we're looking at, right? So as 
Who are we going to pick? Oh, man. I guess we'll go with the best quarterback. Um, I'll take the Saints. Um, Derek Carr in that division, I believe, can do enough to where they can pull out victories down the stretch. He's always been a very accurate quarterback. Um, And when it comes down to really not knowing and is not a glaring plus side to a team, then we go to quarterback. And I think out of those four, he's the best quarterback there. All right, so we'll give the Saints the four seed, and then that jumps to the five seed. So I think everybody thinks that in the NFC East, you have the Eagles who are going to dominate, but then you have the resurgence of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, uh, that team is led by a very stingy uh, defensive player of the year candidate, Michael Parsons. Um, Diggs holding the end on the back end, uh, being one of the leaders as far as interceptions, playmakers in the secondary. Um, and then they're offensively, they're led by C.D. Lamb, who is one of the budding stars on offense. And then, then, then Pollard, right? Pollard is a, is a running back who uh, can also be a receiver out the backfield. Had a, a late late injury during um, the, la- the last year, but it's coming back. And everybody's, for everybody's account, he's ready to roll uh, week one for the Cowboys. And so is this the year Dak becomes Dak? Is this the year that Dak shows that he is actually a, a top five, top ten um, elite quarterback, does he deserve to wear that star on the side of his helmet? Or does he start, deserve to have those captain stars on his chest? So I think there's two guys in the National Football League who are square on the hot seat. Uh, one of them is Dak Prescott and one of them is Mike McCarthy. Um, Mike McCarthy has to have a really good season this year to keep his job. He's been in the – I mean, we've been talking about him every year. Um, you know, and how does it feel to be Dak Prescott right now? They just go and get the number three pick in the draft who we know has a lot of upside and ability right before the season starts. So I think what they're doing is they're putting Dak on notice and they're saying, look, man, you're making a lot of money and we're not sure you're worth it all. So after this season, if he doesn't, those two are going hand in hand. If McCarthy's still there, Dak's still there. If Dak's still there, McCarthy's still there because they should be at every day meeting for as long as they need to because those two hold each other's futures in their hands. Well, Jerry Jones has always wanted that everything in Texas to be bigger and better, and so he brought bigger and better problems by adding Trey Lance to that team when it was no need. Both the quarterbacks they had, Will and then um, Cooper Rush, both of those quarterbacks shown to be decent backups, ready to um, be a part of the team in 2023, and then days before you start the season and you get to the Final 53 you um, throw a, a, a wrench into the into the works, and you don't even tell the coach. You don't even tell the the, the quarterback that this is coming. Um, you know, Jerry Jones is just uh, he's shaking up some things. He's 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 being what a, what some owners would call being a little bit overzealous, but uh, I guess that comes with ownership. He gets the right to do what he wants to do. We'll see how it works out for Dallas. But now let's move on to the sixth and seventh seed. Um, who do you got at the sixth seed? I'm gonna tell you, I got the New York Giants. I think the Giants is going to be a good team this year. I know a lot of people have them uh, underrated this year, but I think the Giants got a, a lot to work with. I think Saquon Barkley is coming back with a a strong campaign after being hurt. And I can see that the only thing I think that prevents this team from being a dominant team this year is the wide receiver core. I don't know what they're going to do at wide receiver. Um, I thought they was going to make a run at D-Hop. I thought they was going to make a run at Juju. I thought they was going to make a run at OBJ. And they stayed status quo at the wide receiver position, and then they just drafted uh, Jalen Wyatt from Tennessee and made him 
uh, one of their premier uh, wideouts. So, um, and obviously they got themselves uh, one of the best tight ends in the league to join that squad uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's who I have as the sixth seed. And then we go into the seventh seed. Um, um, let me say, who do you who do you have for the seventh seed? So I like I like the Chicago Bears. Um, the Chicago Bears to me, I mean, I really think a budding star in the National Football League is Fields, uh, the quarterback there. Mm. He he brings game changing ability running, um, and he has only gotten better as a quarterback every year. They added DJ Moore, um, who's a great wide receiver. They still have Darnell Moody. Uh, they Herbert, who filled in for Montgomery last year when he got hurt, I wasn't sure if he wasn't a better back anyway. Um, their offensive line is where they have to solidify things. Uh, if they give this dude time um, with the defense, you know, they added the, the young man from uh, Jacksonville on the defensive front. Um, they've got enough players defensively, I believe, that they can be really good. So in that division, also, there's not a whole lot of competition. Um, the Lions are there. To me, the Lions are overrated. Um, I, and we haven't talked about this, but, you know, everybody has them as winning. Um, I don't. Um, I, I, I'm not buying Jared Goff. Uh, I know he had a great season last year, but he had a whole lot of bad seasons before that, right? I mean, so much so that the Los Angeles Rams run him out of town. I mean, after going to a Super Bowl, McVay says, look, I can't win with this guy. So this is where I think, yeah, fool's goal with Jared Goff. I, I believe that. I think we see a real Jared Goff this year. Uh, I think he comes back down to reality and, uh, that's who I think will take that last spot. Well, I like that. Um, the underrated, overrated. So my overrated pick, the, the team that I think that people are giving way too much credit for in the NFC is a team that won, I mean, 14 games last year, the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings won so many last seconds, so many um, un, unforeseen wins in one season last year um, to make it to the playoffs and tend to lose Dalvin Cook, who was the, to me, um, he was the offensive weapon that everything, the bell cow that made that team really run. Um, obviously Jefferson is a tremendous weapon as a wide receiver, but wide receivers, we've seen this time and again, if they do not have a consistent run game to take that ninth man and put him in the box on defense, and you're always having safeties lurking around, uh, robbing routes, um, coming over the top, um, you know, taking the top off your routes, it's, it, it becomes a little bit different. When that running game isn't something that the defense is preparing for, and I and I don't think Kirk Cousins and the rest of that team um, is going to be able to uh, fulfill all the the wishes and dreams that everybody in Minnesota has. So, uh, my overrated team for the NFC is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. And so let's flip over to the underrated teams. What is a team that you feel like, whether they make the playoffs or not, in the NFC, everybody is maybe not as uh, so excited or high enough or giving them the credit they deserve in the NFC? Uh, well, you had them in the playoffs, but the Giants, I think I think everybody's looking past them. I think with the ability that Daniel Jones has, uh, I think he's the kind of player when you pay him a ton of money like they did, he wants to prove it. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen there. The wide receiver room there, you know, they're counting on a lot of young guys. They're counting on a lot of athletic guys that weren't great in college, but they had a lot of ability, uh, haven't been real stars uh, in the National Football League. So 
that could be the issue. We understand they've got a great run game in Saquon Barkley. Uh, defensively, they do enough to where every game they're going to bring it. So I think it all depends on Daniel Jones and his relationship that he can get on the same page with these wide receivers. If that happens, uh, because of today's game, the running quarterback like Daniel Jones can be, uh, he provides a threat offensively that you really can't account for. When he runs, it's 11 on 11, and he has that ability. Well, my overcomer or my dark horse, um, I have them actually making the playoffs again in the four seed. We, we chose the Saints because they have the better quarterback uh, with Derek Carr. But the four seed, which are in my playoff uh, prediction was the Atlanta Falcons, that's the team that I think people aren't giving enough credit for. Um, I think they, they with, with the addition of B. John, B. John Robinson, I think that he's going to, uh, man, he's going to hit this team like Mike Tyson. Uh, he's going to hit him like a ton of bricks, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing this young man be set loose on a rushing game that was already, I think, in a position to um, be a multifaceted rushing game already um, based off of last year. So uh, with that, we're going to go to break real quick, pay a couple more bills, and be right back with you with a summary of what's going on around the league. You're listening to the process. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, so here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. All right, welcome back to the process. Once again, Sean Barber, Billy Baber, not only friends, not only family, but, man, we connected by God, connected by faith. This Man, this guy's like a brother from another mother to me. Um, but his knowledge and wealth of information he has about the NFL, not only the Chiefs, but the NFL in a totality standpoint, will be put on display in this next segment. Uh, where we go around the league and talk about what's going on with some other teams in the NFL, not just the Chiefs. So let's start with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a young, upcoming running back. Um, he's facing some issues. Um, he's kind of skipped training camp. He said that he needed to go home, had some personal issues. He's unhappy with his contract. He's unhappy with his the amount of playing time he's getting compared to the lack of money he's getting. Um, it, it's just a, a perfect storm for a running back who's an up-and-comer, who's a great running back, and a market that doesn't appreciate a great running back. So, Billy, what do you think is going to happen with the Indianapolis Colts as far as they're dealing with Jonathan Taylor? So I think Jonathan Taylor is a can be a great example for every young running back out there. Uh, regardless of the offense they put you in, which sometimes prohibits guys like Jonathan Taylor showing his full ability, he's fallen into the category as a running back only. 
Um, and nowadays, man, if you look at the the rosters and we're looking at how much these running backs are making, uh, take a look at Christian McCaffrey, um, the highest paid running back in the league. He's not a running back. He's a wide receiver. Um, take, take Kamara at New Orleans. Um, these guys are catching 80 balls, 90 b- balls a year. You have to be able to do that. So the difference, you know, with Jonathan Taylor is we're, we're handing him the ball out of the backfield. They had a third down back. They had a guy they were bringing in to do this for them. And that is basically cut down on what we believe Jonathan Taylor can do. I don't think that. I think if you put him in that type of offense, he is still a great back. And he can put up maybe not 90 catches, but he can give you 50 to 60. But we don't see that there. So if I'm a running back nowadays, I'm not going in a running back room. I'm going in a wide receiver room because I want to get paid, right? So the NFL is about getting paid. Jonathan Taylor has been a great example for these young guys coming out that you better be able to catch a ball out of the backfield if you want the big-time money. Like what you're saying, uh, some of the top 10 running backs in the league are crawling, screaming, fighting, throwing tantrums all through training camp because they're wanting to make somewhere close to $10 a year. They don't, want to, they don't want five. They don't want six. They want to make somewhere close to 10, 11. I think Saquon Barkley, uh, Saquon, he renegotiated a one-year extension so he can get somewhere near 12 million. Well, in respects, there are third-down wide receivers, the third wideout on teams making 10, 11 million a year easily. MVS got brought to the Chiefs making 11 a year for three years. So when you have a guy who comes in um, only on, you know, 15 or 20 snaps a game as a third down wide receiver. And he's making the same thing that you're making to get hit on every play to pass protect, score touchdowns, short yardage. Um, and you're getting beat up and, and, you know, throughout the year, I think there's some, um, some way that the, the, the system, the league, um, the value system has been thrown so far out of whack when it comes to deep, uh, deep value in the running back position that the there are a bunch of really good wide receiver, I mean, really good running backs like Jonathan Taylor, like uh, Jacobs, uh, like Saquon Barkley, um, that are not going to end up getting their worth at any team just because the market is what it is right now at that position for the running back position. So, like you said, if you're a running back and you're not making the type of money that B. John Robinson um, got for coming into the league, you're not making the high end money like Gibbs did to go to the Detroit Lions. You should do that. You should take uh, some of your day and walk into the wide receiver room because that's the position on offense besides quarterback uh, that's making all of the money. So if you want to make that type of money, you better dip your head in there and tell them, hey, I don't care what the offense is using me as. I have hands. They will catch. Throw me the ball. Run me some routes. And don't think about me as a running back. Think about me as an offensive weapon. And if they start recategorizing, all right, let's look at everybody as an offensive weapon I think the running back position will regain some of the value they've lost over the years. All right, now we're going to go back to the hometown heroes and talk about what the scenario is for us having the opportunity to return to the Super Bowl, return to the playoffs. A lot of it does hinge on the availability and the opportunity of us signing one of our key defensive players, Chris Jones. So with the Chris Jones saga, obviously um, he's on the last year of a deal making $20 million a year. Um, he played at an all pro level last year and he's demanding to get paid somewhere in the a ballpark of Aaron Donald, which is around 32 million a year. Um, and, and I think there is a, a case for 
him to lie somewhere in between, a little bit more than um, Quinn Williams for the Jets, but maybe not as much as Aaron Donald uh, for the Rams. What do you say that scenario plays out, and what do you think will ultimately happen, happen with Chris Jones in the 2023 season? Well, being a Chiefs fan, um, we always talk about the window, right? Not just the Chiefs fan, but across the league, we talk about that window. Um, the Chiefs are in the window. Um, we hope we can stay in the window without 95. Um, I don't know if that can happen. So are you going to be able to go into that building every day and look at Pat Mahomes and say, we're wasting a year because we can't get 95 into the building? Um, he's that big of a component. Now, maybe he's not a four or five-year guy that you can sign to a long-term deal at his age, but for where we are, the situation we're in at One Arrowhead Drive, uh, 95 needs to be there for us to win the entire thing. Now, another part of Chris Jones that you and I spoke about, Sean, was he needs Nick Bosa to get paid. Uh, he needs Nick Bosa to sign this contract as a 24-year-old who's younger, but what it does when Nick Bosa gets the 35 to 38 million that is his asking price, then the 30 that Chris Jones wants doesn't look so outlandish. Um, that's a big deal for him right now. And I'm sure, you know, his agents are talking, their agents are talking, saying, look, what do we got to do? But I believe for us to win the entire thing, because of the value and the what he does to a game, Chris Jones's ability to wreck a game, be a disruptive player, inside the box is unmatched. Maybe one guy, 99 for the LA Rams. Besides for that, uh, you can argue that he is the best player on that side of the football. So uh, to think that you can go and win without him, hey, listen, as I said earlier, 15 is going to lace him up. So as long as he's playing, we got a chance, but 95 sure would help. Man, uh, on a personal level, explain to me how you related that to me off air you called it the Tony Gonzalez effect. So as far as businesses trying to sign their high-end players to long-term deals and how that player looks at other guys in the league, expects them to sign deals, what do we call the Tony Gonzalez effect? So for many years, uh, Tony and I played here for four years, and uh, one of the things that he always wanted when he was getting paid as the highest tight end, he wanted these guys to come in, the Gateses, the Jimmy Grabs, the Gronks, the – these young guys who were up-and-comers in the league who were getting to that, they he wanted them to make more money than them. He always, when he saw it, they go, oh, we can't make this guy the number one tight end because Tony makes this. But Tony wanted those guys to make more so that when Tony went to the table, uh, he said, hey, you're paying this guy. And he felt like that was your responsibility, right? So Chris Jones is kind of in that same boat. If Chris Jones who arguably was the number one, he was the number one rated defensive lineman in the league last year. And he takes 25 million. What are we telling the rest of these guys? Right? So Chris Jones kind of has a responsibility to the rest of the league. Those guys who are coming up, those guys who play that position to get as much money as he can, or it's going to be the Tony Gonzalez effect. And every year, or when it was contract gear for Tone, he had to go renegotiate as the highest because he still was. 
And that was an issue. So he never got paid the kind of money that he should have, a.k.a. the same thing that happens to Travis Kelsey now. These guys are wide receivers, man. Let's be honest. Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez, these guys were catching 80 to 90 to 100 balls every year. There's wide receivers in the league making $25 million catching 45 balls. This this is where I believe, kind of like the running backs, you know, the tight end position, uh, Chris Jones, where he's at, he has to be able to go to the table and when Nick Bosa gets paid, let's all let's all say this right now. Nick Bosa's getting paid. Nick Bosa is getting paid money that nobody's ever seen. Uh, what Jones has to do is then make it where that $30 million number doesn't look crazy. Because right now it does. And to pay Chris Jones that kind of money at 28, 29 years old, I think the Chiefs would be doing themselves a disservice. But as I said earlier, you got to get him in the building somehow if we want to hold another Lombardi trophy. And that's why Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs organization gets paid all the big dollars because you got to make those big decisions. You got to make the decisions of how long can a contract remain um, in place and what kind of value can you put on year by year for a player to still be hungry and still be ascending versus paying for past production. Because we every year there's another uh, aging veteran. We want to talk about Von Miller, who signs a, a deal kind of in the same vein of Chris Jones a year ago. He gets hurt halfway through the season. When he gets hurt, the Buffalo Bills playoff potential goes way down. Um, you can only imagine um, – not having him available to face the Bengals in the playoffs and how that affected that team um, and not having his presence on the field when it came to the playoffs, they go home early. He comes back as a year older, doesn't really do training camp. I'm not doing – and I basically – you know, Von Miller told the team, I am now a situational pass rusher. I don't think they paid him to be a situational pass rusher a year ago when they gave him that deal. But now that you're a year into the deal, you can start making demands of the team – and start, you know, kind of preparing yourself for a transition out the league. At what position, at what age does every player reach that that status? It's different for every player. And you just don't want to be caught when you're paying a player. Um, I think Bill Belichick was, the way he ran the uh, New England Patriots was probably one of the best we've seen ever. He never paid a player beyond that peak year. He would rather cut you and release you and trade you two years too early than pay you one game too much. Uh, beyond your your, your peak season. So uh, as an organization, we will see. Hopefully we get Chris Jones back on the field as the Kansas City Chiefs very soon, very soon. And then the last thing we're going to talk about as far as around the league, we mentioned it earlier, but it's 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 how players are being treated. And it's, it's almost some of the disrespect from an ownership group um, to a lack of trust and communication from an ownership group in the scouting department, a general manager to the head coach, head coach to the players. And then even players amongst each other as, as, as the way they address one another. What can we really expect from the Dallas Cowboys when we talk about top-down management? The way Andy Reid does here in Kansas City is he explains a path going forward to an entire, the entire organization and he tells them what he expects, the expectation, what he needs for the team to be successful. And then he empowers Brett Beach and the general managers to go find those players that fit into that game and into that structure into that program then he practices the players or don't practice or pushes them with special cat and tackling periods or don't play him the praise preseason everything he's being uh he's laying out in front of these players 
are based upon what I told you at the beginning of the year is going to be our path to a Super Bowl in a championship season. That has communication written all over it. That has trust written all over it. Now, we show how that is reflected now in the NFC to what the Cowboys are doing. But now you have an owner, Jerry Jones, making trades a couple days before the last cut where I don't tell the head coach. I'm not informing the current players, the starting quarterback, what I'm doing at the backup quarterback position. I got backup quarterbacks who think they're going to be on this team because they have performed in the preseason up to a certain level that I explained to them that it was filling a role. And and now it's all up in it's all up in the air again. Now everybody has to find a landing place where, you know, uh, 10 days from our opener starting the season. And who are we listening to if you're a Dallas Cowboy? Are you really following the general manager? Are you following the president? Are you following Jerry Jones, which he, I think, wears all three of those caps? Or are you listening to the head coach? And if you're a player, are we following behind Dak Prescott? Because if you look in the preseason, we saw so many fights on the field, so many arguments with Diggs, you know, cursing out the quarterback because he threw a pick and making fun of the fact he threw a pick in practice. It's such a lack of respect from one side of the ball to the other. I mean, I think the Cowboys were in this disarray way before this happened. And this just was like the, the final uh, 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 match that you threw in on gasoline. I think the Cowboys are going up in fire. And I hope that uh, the, the personnel and the players can kind of hold things together. But yeah, let's talk about that. Trust, communication, the things you need to be successful in the league. So as I said earlier, the hot seat uh, is very prominent in Dallas right now. Uh, but I, I really think what the issue is there right now, Barbershop, is the fact that Jerry Jones is getting old, man. He's old. He's the modern-day Al Davis. When we play, Al Davis did this crazy stuff, right? He went in the draft, and he find the fastest receiver. that caught 15 balls in college, but guess what? He ran a 4-2, and he would bring him in, talk him all up, and all of a sudden we're going, wait a minute, who, who is this guy? So he can run fast. He's the modern day, and he's getting old. And Jerry is getting to the point where he knows my window. Again, we're going back to this window uh, of living. I mean, we're talking about Jerry on, I don't know how old he is, but he's in his 80s, I know. Uh, he's not going to be around a whole lot longer. It could be true. So he has to win now. And it's not next year. It's not the year. If the, if the Dallas Cowboys don't go to the Super Bowl and win it, he is going to change things. They can make it to the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is to the point in his career as an owner of the most valuable franchise in sports, okay, that he is saying, look, man, I don't care about feelings. I don't care about relationships. I'm trying to win, baby. And Al Davis had that same motto, right? So that is where I believe this is going. I, I, I'm also a Mike McCarthy fan. I think Mike McCarthy, because... He's now taking over the play call. Mike McCarthy's a head, uh, a head coach who's won a Super Bowl, but he also called every play for them. They, they kind of fell out there, the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy thing, because I think what happened was Aaron didn't like the fact that Mike McCarthy was getting a bunch of the credit for being a guru and calling these plays when really Aaron was doing things behind the scenes and going to Mike and saying, look, here's the plays we're going to run. So Mike has another year as the offensive coordinator slash head coach for the Dallas Cowboys to prove his legend. 
Is he is he going to go down as one of the greatest coaches? Because if he wins two, right, at two different franchises, and if he can win two, that's the Dallas Cowboy. That's what we want, right, in Dallas. If you ask any fan, if you go in that building, they their expectation is to win the Super Bowl. And I believe that Mike McCarthy calling the plays will give them the greatest chance to do that. I just don't know if the guy throwing the plays can make it happen. Mr. Prescott has a real issue right now if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. All right, all right. Well, real quick, I got a few questions to ask you. These are some things that come out of the blue. Three quick questions. I didn't prepare you for these questions, so you ready for it. All right, who has a better breakout rookie season? Deuce Vaughn running back for the Dallas Cowboys or Tank Bigsby running back for the Jaguars? They're both backups. Which one ends up with more yardage? Which one makes a more fantasy impact? I like I like Deuce Falling, man, and not because I'm a homer. Uh I just I think what he did at Kansas State translates to the National Football League, right? I mean, he played in the Big Twelve and they have great defenses in the Big Twelve. Um he put up numbers, man. And for me, he's going into that same kind of deal where he's the underdog and he's looked down upon because he's a small guy. But they had another guy out there by the name of Darren Sproles at Kansas State who had a Hall of Fame-worthy career. Um, do I think Deuce is that? No. But do I think he can come in a game, give you 12 to 15 snaps where you must account for him? He's one of those guys. He can line up in the slot. He can catch a ball out of the backfield. He did these things at Kansas State very well. He can do those in the National Football League because of his stature and his ability once he gets the ball in his hands. I swear to you, those guys get caught where you can't see them. They're behind the line, and the next thing you know, they're by you. And you never saw these guys. So that's one of the things that I think Deuce has going for him. And I look for big things there. I mean, he gives them one more playmaker on an already talented offensive team. But Tony Pollard's not going to play probably the first two weeks or three weeks. And Deuce is going to have to come in and give us something, and I think he can. Any running back running behind that Dallas Cowboy offensive line has the opportunity to make some big things happen. Question number two, who gets more playoff wins in this postseason? The Green Bay Packers, led by Jordan Love, or the New York Green Jets, led by Aaron Rodgers? Who gets more playoff wins? So I'm going to go with the Packers, and the reason I'm going to go with the Packers is the AFC is so tough. Um the Packers in that South and the North, I mean, we've talked about it already. It's not great. So the ability for Jordan Love, who I was at that game he started here in Kansas City was even when he was hitting cheerleaders with balls. He was hitting the Coke man going up the stands. I'm going, what in the world had business? It was not good. All right. But I also have seen him play this preseason. And I know it's the preseason, but he has looked really sharp. Uh he has been one of the preseason gems for me that has given Green Bay a little hope, man, uh, especially, again, in a division where there's not a real dog. Um, they could go in. He could be good. You got the same team that Aaron Rodgers had. Uh, you're just plugging him in there. If he can give you the production that is needed from that position there, they they are they are a problem, I think, if, if it all – Rests on Jordan Love. Yeah, and, and there's some there's some games I watched for the Green Bay Packers where 
Aaron Rodgers focused so much on Devontae Adams that there were wide receivers going wide open that he didn't hit. So Aaron Rodgers, even though he's great and he makes some of the most incredible throws you've seen in your lifetime, there's still times where he did not hit the open receiver because he was so focused on Devontae Adams, which at no fault to him, Devontae is one of the greatest three receivers that I've ever seen play the game. And he's always, you know, road risen to the occasion. But there's sometimes from a defensive standpoint, when you start focusing so much on one guy to take him away, the other team's quarterback has to start taking the wide open guys. And Aaron Rodgers late in the season just never did that. So if he plays the quarterback position a little bit more conventional, a little bit closer to the vest, I actually think the Packers could be a better team without Aaron Rodgers, with Jordan Love, than he was with Aaron Rodgers. Last but not least, who, which, which is a greater value? The Cardinals wins or the Eagles losses? Do the Cardinals win more games or the Eagles lose more games in the 2023 regular season? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, again, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm, I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals, they might not win a game, Sean. They are that bad. Um. I, I hate to say it. What has there been? Two teams in the league that has ever done that. The Detroit Lions, not long ago, probably. Maybe Browns one year. The Browns one year, a long time ago. I don't know if Arizona wins a game, bro. Uh, I can't I can't really name a player on the team, uh, except for the quarterback who ain't playing. And when he did play, he wasn't very good. Uh, that you got a lot of money sunk into. They are bad, Mr. Barber. So, for me... Uh, anything greater than one win for the Arizona Cardinals is a positive season for them. I think all their eggs are in the USC quarterback's basket, and they're saying, look, Kyler, you know, we don't even really care if you play this year because we really don't want to win. And that's kind of what they've done. So I'm going to have to go with that. So my wife says sometimes, how do, you, how do you say you love me without saying you love me? And I do it by making the bed up in the morning or putting the pillows, straightening up the couch. Washing the dish, doing something without having to say I love you, but I can say I love you. How do you say I'm tanking and I give up in 2023 and I want Caleb Williams without saying it? You trade away Isaiah Simmons. You don't bring in a, a quarterback when your starting quarterback is going to miss maybe the half of the season because of the injury. Cut Cole McCoy. Cut Cole McCoy, your backup quarterback. So, Pretty good. Pretty, I mean, he is a boom. Did a good job. So, I mean, you, you, you're, you're basically giving every option your team had a way to even steal a few victories, to even be competitive uh, during the season. You you pretty much exited all those possibilities out the window to make it sure that nobody in the building even comes close to thinking that we can win these ball games. And you hire a head coach who's never been a head coach. Perfect. That's that's a, a again. That's a that, that's about the best way I can say. Uh, I love you without saying I love you. So, I mean, with that, man, we're going to wrap up another uh, session of the process. As we all said, always, the process is greater than the product. Man, listen, if you got somebody you love, hug them, kiss them, hold them. We got to celebrate a birthday. Billy Baber's oldest daughter, Miss Presley Baber, she turns 19 today. Turns 19 today. Congratulations. She is now a Richmond spider. Love that. Alma mater, Richmond. Uh, go there and uh, do your best. Um, happy birthday, Press. And with that, we out. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button 
and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.